It seems like at the beginning of every year, everyone talks about goals, goal setting, where they're going to go, and what they're going to do. And by January 21st, they're all fizzled out. So how do you stay on top? How do you keep going? And how do you consider? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from the North Shore of Oahu today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from Holly Eva Ali'i Beach Park, and it's a good day. When I'm recording this, it happens to be the last day of 2021, and I waited here at the beach for the last minute to get this done. So I am at the beach. I am not in the studio. You may hear waves in the background. You may hear birds chirping. You may hear a little bit of wind because I am not in the studio. And the reason why this goal was so important for me to get this episode done which is episode number 203, Goal Setting for Salespeople, at least that's the working title, is I wanted to have at least 200 episodes of the How to Sell show up by December 31st, 2021. And I was able to get that. And I'm like, I want to get one more bonus, one more bonus episode in. And this episode I've been working on for a few days. I probably put more work in this episode than probably three or four of my other ones combined. And the reason for it is, is there's so much bad information out there about goal setting. There's just stuff everywhere. There's studies everywhere. There's information everywhere. And uh, it's tough to find attribution. As I took a look at the content that was out there for goal setting and conversations about goals and things that you can do with it, uh, I started looking at like, okay, where is the information coming from? Where are they gathering it from? Where is the intel from? And I'm going to have to say that many, and I'm not saying all, but many of the courses out there, they're, they're building goal setting programs and goals from their experience. And so it's probably a list of their best practices and their best strategies. Sure, there's probably some of them that are proven by science, and there's probably some of them that are absolutely fantastic. But what I want you to know is as a salesperson, as a consultant, as a business owner, that wherever there's confusion, chaos, or uncertainty, there's a lot of opportunity. So that allows people to have conversations and talk about goals. And I want you to know that I gave you this framework for you to look at your own goals and say, how can I make them better? What can I do with them? How can I make better definitions? And so I've broken it down into categories, pieces of information, parts of information, places that you can look at, ways to define your goal, and ways to explain it more than anything else. And so I highly encourage you, like, look, take a look at your goals, work on them. Uh, do things that you can to make them better. Do things that you can to make them stronger. Am I going to build a goal setting course? No. I wanted to give you some content, some frameworks, some strategies, some possibilities for you to move forward and have better listed goals. I encourage you to keep going, find what you're looking for, and build out some better goals. And as we go, take some notes. Find what works for you. Find find a list of items that you're going to say, hey, I think that this is what's going to make it better for me. But just to reiterate. I'm sure that there's probably plenty of great courses out there that'll teach you how to do framework. It's just from what I've looked at, a lot of it is what's worked for the person who created it. And a lot of it comes down to you following a game plan. So find a game plan that you like, stick to the game plan, make it work, 
and then make some small changes and make some small tweaks as you go to make your plan better. So I'm going to share with you what works for me. I'm going to share with you what works for me and what I've seen work. And because there's so much misinformation out there, you get to kind of pick and choose what you like. Uh, but you have to find what works for you. And I use this example a lot as spaghetti. Like if I go into a meeting, I'm like, what do you put in your spaghetti? And some people will give me their answer. And I will say, you know, my spaghetti, I put, you know, tomato sauce. I put onions. I put brown sugar. I put sausage. And people are like, brown sugar. I'm like, yeah, what do you put in your spaghetti? Everybody's got a little bit different version. Mine may be a little bit different than yours. So modify as needed. And then I want to give you a couple of things here, a couple of notes, a couple of things that I've seen. Goals can start anytime you want them. Today just happens to be December 31st, 2021. But if you're listening to this in the future, you can go from March 30th to March 30th. That is a year. Some people, people, sometimes people will get caught up in saying, I can't, I can't do this, um, this goal because I got to wait all the way until January 1st all over again. Like, no, that's not how the carousel works. You can start a goal for a year anytime that you want. But I will share this with you. Consistency, consistency in sales starts with expectations and tracking. And plenty of salespeople and companies could learn from this very easily. A lot of times I get called into a company, people say, Scott, my sales team's struggling. I'm like, let's go over the numbers. And they say, uh, 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 we kind of have a, a number set. And I'm like, well, how often do you go over them? How often do you talk about tracking? How often do you set that expectation? Well, it's something we're working on. So if you're like, hey, Scott, what's something that can move the, the, the needle for me quickly for myself, for my sales team? Setting expectations and tracking. So let's talk about goal setting. The reason why this episode took so much time for me to format is because, once again, there's so much bad information out there. Most statistics about goal setting have zero attribution, meaning there's no way to look up their validity. There's no way to find out where that data came from. And then if there is attribution, most data has a small sample size. So in order for something to be st statistically valid, they usually look for a thousand people. So like if you ever watch politics, they're like, this poll had a plus or minus representation. It's because they were either oversampled or there wasn't enough people in the pool to be statistically valid. And so it's tough to judge the actions of 10 people versus 1,000 people when it comes to success. So once again, I'm going to share what I see works from working with top-notch people, business owners, entrepreneurs, people who are highly successful, and top salespeople. Oh, right off the top, I want to let you know, you've probably heard of a study your entire lifetime that says Harvard or Yale tracked people for 40 years of their life, and they found you know there were common traits in successful people. And uh, that study's been debunked. That study has been proven that there was a lot of misinformation, in it, and it can't be proven as true, which is very frustrating because you're like, I looked at that study. But you know what? Here's the thing. Take the good from it. Take the good from it because uh, one of the attributes that they talked about was writing a goal down. This, I could prove, you're 33 to 43% more likely to achieve a goal if it's written down. And so this came from Gail Matthews, and she was able to prove that when people wrote down their goals, they were more successful than just trying to, like, come off the top of the head or come off the top of the dome. Now, this one I found, but it wasn't, it wasn't attributed, and it was really tough to lock this one in. So I'm going to say this one's probably about 50 to 60% true. Let's say 80. Let's say this one's 80% true. That you're 76 to 81% more likely to achieve a goal if it's tracked. You put it in some sort of device. You put it in some sort of, I don't know, Excel spreadsheet. That you put it on the calendar. Because then you're setting that expectation. You're walking towards a horizon. Number three. 
you can you can set goal by ranges. So this I was able to give attribution from Florida State University. And here's what they did. They had people who were working out and they wanted to lose weight. They wanted to lose an average of two pounds two two pounds a week. So here's what they did is they gave themselves a range. They said, I want to lose one to three pounds, and they were able to settle on two. So like this is kind of like of a split the difference type of a deal. So this one was done at Florida State University. Next up, setting goals is linked with self-confidence, motivation, and autonomy. That came from Locke and Lathan in 2006. So here's what you're going to hear consistently over and over and over again, which is going to be the main form of any type of framework that you choose to use. Write down your goals and review your goals frequently and track them. There you go. So if you're like, Scott, what's the short version? That's what you get. But there's way more packed into this episode because I put a ton of work into doing different areas and different parts and different pieces so that you can say, hey, I want to set better goals. I want to crush it. I want to run a better business. I want to be a better salesperson. And so area one, here is your foundation. I'm going to call it the four D's. D is in Delta. And the first thing is discipline. So when you think about it, how strong is your discipline? You know, do you need, can you, can you self-monitor yourself or do you need somebody to tell you what to do? And I'm, I'm not, don't mean that mean. There's plenty of people who have self-discipline and then there's plenty of people who need somebody to, to uh, tell them what to do. They need a manager. That, that, that's okay. Just admit to it. Just if you're the person who needs a manager, then work out of that role. You know, make that a goal. I'm going to work to find my own way and not have to have somebody manage me. Then you need D, number two, devices and systems. I wanted to get all of these into four, four-letter D, so I had to combine devices and systems. What framework do you have beside your belief? What devices are you going to use? D number three is dates. What are your timelines? Daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, and yearly? Because like you're going to hear deadlines and dates come up a lot. Data. Where do you put your outcomes? How do you track them? Where does your data go? And who's in charge of putting the data in place? You know, because if everybody's in charge, nobody's in charge. So where does the data go? When I managed a team, I made everybody track their own numbers. You come up with your own numbers. It's not my job to track them. I'll validate. I'll put that information in. But if you want to be good at what you do, you track your own numbers. Area number two, reason why. This isn't just for marketing. Reason why is like something they always talk about in marketing. You have to have your own strong reason why. And like when salespeople are struggling, I'll talk to them like, what's your reason why? And they don't have one. They don't have their own reason why. So this is the main drive about what I see people propel. And there's four main topics here. And then there's a plenty of subtopics. And three of them are common and one of them isn't. But like if I ask you deep down inside, what is your reason why? And what you need to know, this may not be the reason that you tell everyone. So if you were to speak to a confidant, uh, I don't know, um, <laughs> you know, like you got attorney, attorney client privilege and you can say anything you want to your attorney. And, you know, you can talk to a, a, a preacher, a priest, a clergy member the same kind of way. Like this is the thought. What is the conversation that I would have with somebody if I didn't want to share it out loud? The one that's super personal. You know, for some people, it's an open book. They're willing to share anything. They're like, here, here's my life. Look, open book. And for some people, like, here's the private thing. Right? I'll give you my reason why is because people my entire life told me I can't. You can't do it. You're not smart enough. You can't talk in front of crowds of people. Nobody's ever going to listen to you. Like deep down inside, I just gave you my root cause. Deep down inside, I gave you real deal the things that really matter to me. So here are the four areas. What? One, 
prove yourself right. Something I wanted to do. I want to show other people that I can do it. I want to see, I want others to see that I did it and I want people to hear me. Okay. That would, that would fall into my category. Prove others wrong. Everyone said I couldn't. All right. I'm going to say that that one's true for me too. Conditions you grew up in. You could have been poor or you could have been in wealth and it could have been an expectation that your family says this is what you're going to do with your life. It could be plenty of people told you you couldn't, which goes back to number one and number two. And then number four on this list is the phantom. It's a natural drive. It's not normal in every distribution of people. Some people just don't have the drive. It's who they are. I'm not making a judgment. It's not anything bad. It's not anything good. It's kind of like right now it's a little bit overcast and I'm hoping it doesn't rain for another few minutes. All right. So I got questions for you to ponder for your reason why. What does the goal mean to you and how have you attached the outcome? What's the goal mean and how have you attached the outcome? What are you going to tell yourself when you achieve that goal? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to look like? How have you attached those feelings, those emotions, everything? Like when I listen to some athletes talk about winning the gold medal, they're like, I, I played the song. I went and stood on the stand. I imagined the feeling. I, I uh, looked to my right. I looked to my left. And there was people there that weren't able to achieve what I was able to achieve. And I was able to hit, hit whatever the goal that it was. I've had people say, hey, uh, I was standing on stage looking at everybody else. Some people say, like, I felt this immense thrill. Like, you want to make it as vivid as possible. Real question, do you really want the goal or is that platitude? Like, sometimes people will say, I want to, I want to make a million bucks. And it was more of a conversation piece to have with a group of people than it was in what they really wanted to do. Are you just trying to impress somebody when you, when you make a statement? Is the statement more impressive than the work? Three, what's your level of commitment? What are you going to do? I'm literally hanging out at the beach last minute. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, I'm sorry, New Year's Eve, before I head back to Kaneohe so I can get this, like, what are you willing to do? I'm willing to hang out and miss some fun with friends and family so I can get this last episode in. This just happens to be a, a podcast, I mean, but you can make a list of just about anything else in your life. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? Like, uh, when I was studying about persuasion, I was a fiend about it. My friends would go to the bar, I'd bring my books with me. When my friends would call me and say, hey, we're going out, it used to be like we had this, this rollout rule. If you called, I rolled, right? And so like it got to the point where I was more interested in reading than rolling out. But so like I would go, and then after a while, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to go hang out at the bars with the friends that weren't, weren't going to do anything with uh, what they learned. And not a value judgment. It's just that they're still friends of mine. I just don't go hang out with them anymore. What is in your way of the goal to get accomplished? Who's standing in your way? What's standing in the way? Like, where are these goals being blocked? The bigger the goal, the bigger the blocks. And I, I got this question from Jay Abraham because I get to listen to him frequently. Is the goal really worthy of you? Like, that, that's a deep question. Area number three, the groupings and explanations. Now, these groupings and explanations typically are tied to a date and a sum of money or an outcome. So, like, I'm going to give you an example. By March 30th, I'll hit 500000 in gross revenue from all my businesses, royalties, equity, masterminds, and consulting. Like, if you notice, that's a date, a sum of money, and an outcome. Those are all three things are there. They're all in this grouping. So there's really 14 dimensions of these groupings. <laughs> and so one of them is an action. Things that you want to do or achieve. That's an action. I want to go to Hawaii. An event. Meetings or groups that you would like to be a part of. This could be courses, masterminds, or philanthropic. 
uh, I want to go to an event in Austin, Texas, because it has some of the top-notch marketers, and it's going to be in uh, the end of March. Okay, that's an event. Locations. Places you want to be, go, or attend. So I want to go to Hawaii. That's a location. <laughs> Today, a lot of stuff's going to revolve around Hawaii. Money. This one's pretty straightforward. The income you want to achieve. The money you want in savings and or investments or in crypto or in NFTs, whatever version of money that you want to say. It could be the metaverse. Okay? People. People can be the people. People can be the, the individuals you want in your life as well as the people you'd like to do business with and connect to. The philanthropy. The places you want to donate time and energy to. This could be physical. How do you want to weigh? What? This could be physical. How do you want to work out? What do you want to weigh? Could be products, the things you want to purchase or acquire, cars, watches, house, business, building, land. All these things are products, which is kind of like the same thing as purchases. What do you want to buy? Products and purchases, they go hand in hand. Recreation, what do you want to do for fun? I want to go sit on the beach and watch the sunset. Okay, that's recreation for me. Relationships, how do you want the people in your life to treat you? How do you want to treat them, your family, your significant other, your friends, and your colleagues. Rewards. This is more of an if-then statement. When I sell a million dollars of product, I will buy a car. This is the ultimate dopamine rush for your goals because like, the reward is the way that you're like, I've achieved my goal. Spiritual. Your relationship with your creator and it's your style. So I can't tell you how to do this, just like you really can't tell me how to do it, but it's on the list. And then last of all is stretch goals. These are the, the, the push-up in case you hit something quick. So like I put stretch goals in place, like on income. I put stretch goals in place on, on things that I do. Like, okay, when I achieve this goal, if I hit it by this date, then I'm going to push that goal further. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make more happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it more power. Area three, the underpinnings. What do you have as moving parts inside the goal? So like there is light goal taking and light goal planning versus master planning. Light goal planning could be like just a little bit of information. Master goal planning is something that I take three days at the end of the year to work out and then I look at it you know, uh, every other week and then at the end of the month and quarterly. But light goal planning is something that I look at daily, okay? So the light, may be, the light goal may be the way that you talk about it. Like I'm not gonna go 100% in depth on it every single time. Master planning is what it's going to be for you to get to get there. Okay, so light goal is like let's talk about it. Master planning is like here's all the things that are going to be in the background. So what's it going to what's it going to take for you to reach that goal? So I have seven different things here. Attention. How much time do you have to put towards that goal? How much time do you have to put towards the goal that you want to do? Routines. The things that you're already doing versus the things that you're going to have to do. How are you? How are you going to move time around? So routine is going to include time. New skill. What is a new skill that you're going to have to do, learn, achieve in order to get what you want? Current skill. What current skill do you have in place that's going to get you to where you need to be? And is it sufficient enough? Experience. This can be what you already have and what you already know. Or it could be the people you need to bring in. That could be courses. That could be classes. That could be... That can be whatever you need. Then you have taking action. What's the first step look like? Like most, most people really freak out on the first step of a new goal. They're like, I, I just have anxiety. I've done this before. 
I'll raise my hand. I'll go first and say, I've done this. There's like, what do I got to do to take action? Like the first time I needed to edit a YouTube video, it probably took me about a week. I shot the video and then I was super nervous. And then like, I had nothing to be nervous of. I'm like, I, I got to get this done. And then continuity. What are you going to do when things don't work out or when you get busy? There's going to be roadblocks in your way. There's, there's going to be problems that you face. And then if there was like a bonus area, this is going to be that goes along with continuity. It's adversity map. So I, I looked at, hey, I'm, I've studied strategy and I think what's going to happen. So this is where I point out what could, what could go wrong and what to do if I get back on track. Like this isn't like super crazy detail. Uh, it's just like, hey, I know that there's going to be problems. I know that there's going to be issues. I know that I'm going to have struggles. And what am I going to do to get back on track? So I, I make a list uh, because it, make, it helps with planning. It could be people. I can have the wrong people in my life. I can have the wrong coaches. I can have the wrong mentors. Uh, you know, some people get caught up in the economy. So I'm putting this one in here because sometimes people will say it. This isn't necessarily mine. I have a belief that stuff can be sold in good economies or bad economies. And more people are made wealthy in bad economies than good economies. So I just, I have a different belief. This could be events. There are things that can cause problems. Okay. There's things that are events that can cause problems. There's government agencies because they love to help you out. They love to help your business. And then there's weather and natural disaster. So I don't go to every single one of these in detail. I only look at them like briefly enough to know like, hey, weirdness can happen. Strange things can happen. It's just prep for me for like what could do, what I could do. It's like, mm, who's in my way? Who could get in my way? And if it does happen, what do I need to do about it? And if it's something super serious, I'll pull off onto the side and say, like, okay, I need to get my order, my plan, my idea, my concept, my strategy back into place. And we'll work on it. And I'll set up a side time to, to work on the goals. Some side notes for me. I see people in sales meetings, like, they put these sky-in-the-pie goals. Like, uh, let's say your industry, the top guy selling $3 million a year, okay? That's whatever, $3 million or 200 units, whatever the number just happens to be. And then I'll meet a rookie, and uh, the rookie will say something like, yeah, I'm going to sell 4 million or in whatever industry you're in. Like I'm going to sell 400 units. I'm going to tell you, there's a difference in the voice of certainty for people who are going to achieve that versus people who are just saying it to, to look like they're smart. Like I have been to so many sales meetings and so many events coming up where people said, I'm going to hit these numbers and they didn't have the capabilities, the wherewithal or the strategies to put it in place. It's just like for that moment, they wanted to sound, say something out loud. They wanted, they wanted the attention more than they wanted to put the action in. Uh, the more steps needed into something, the harder it is. And so, like, this is something that when I meet with people and we'll talk about, like, hey, where do you, what are you willing to do to get there? And, like, the more they're like, I'm willing to do this, I'm willing to do that, I'm willing to. I'm like, okay, you've, you've told me about seven things that you're willing to do. And for every one of those things that you gave me a list on, it compounds your ability to achieve it because it's just one more thing to, for you to do. So let's write it down. Let's go through these steps. Let's talk about what it's going to take because you have seven things here or eight things or nine things here. Like the more complicated something is, the less opportunity it has to achieve. And so sometimes I'll sit down with clients. I'll sit down with salespeople and they'll tell me what their plans are. And I'm like, this is complicated. And it's overly complicated because it has too many steps. It has too many parts to the process. There's too many things that can go wrong. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying like we, we're going to have to sit down and do some major planning. What can you do to streamline? How can you make your goal stepped up? You know, so what 
what can you do in order to achieve that goal, but take things out. What can what steps can you take away? Now, if there, if there's not steps and you're like, Scott, these are all the things that I have to do, it's going to take a lot of focus and it's going to take a lot of attention for you to hit consistency. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you have to be on point. And like all those things that divide you, you have to know what they are. Who are the people standing in your way? Friends, family members, coworkers, strangers? What's standing in your way of achieving those goals? So I, I had a really good conversation with Dr. Fern Caslow about this. And she was like, Scott, one of the things for you to do to achieve the goals is you got to feel the feeling. What feeling do you want to have? And she said, this is one of the reasons why goal boards don't work. You can't just look at a goal board and say, hey, look, I want to have a million dollars. You have to go through the feelings, the emotions, the smells, everything that's there for the million bucks. Where do you share your wins and who do you share them with? I don't put a lot of my wins on social media. I don't. You know, um, part of me says, hey, it's not really everybody's business to know what I'm up to and all the wins that I have and all the success that I've had and all the cool things that I've done. So... Very rarely do I share my wins. I share my wins with people who matter to me most in life. I don't put them on social media because most people, for the most part, do everything they can to tear you down. you got some really good people in life that will, will say, hey, congratulations. But like, if, if it's something that's pretty cool and I feel like mm, this is something outside that I don't mind sharing with people, by all means, I'll put it up there. So I made a list of things you can do to help achieve your goals because I gave you a lot here. And I'm going to go with my rule that the more complicated something is, the less likely it has a chance of achieving. And that's a good word track for you to use with buyers. It's a loud bird. That's a, that's a good word track for you to use with, with your buyers. So less can be more. I keep my, my high-level goals on a 3 by 5 index card, and I look at them during the day. I listen to my recorded goals every morning after my motivational recordings. So I've got like 11 minutes that I've recorded out here on the beach places that I want to go and things that I want to do, reminding myself that that's a lot of information and it's complicated if I don't focus on what's important. Review your goals frequently. Like I said, I took mine, I recorded them audio, I listened to them every single day. And here is one that I want to put an asterisk next to, and it's share your goals with others. Share them with believers and not non-believers. Non-believers will tell you to tear you down and say horrible things about you. You know, uh, madmen has one of the best versions of, of a video when you're talking about non-believers. So if you go to YouTube and look up Mad Men, the TV show, and then look up Kabuki Theater, because you want believers in your life. You don't want non-believers in your life. You can talk about your goals as if they've been accomplished, as if you've done them. Put a point on the horizon and march towards it. I read recently something from Taylor Welch, and he called this directional certainty. I like that term, and I'm going to borrow it from him. You can ask the right people if they can help you with a goal. You just don't say it that way. You could go to social media and ask for connection, for collaboration. You can speak your goals, and to an extent, they'll manifest from you talking about it because people will want to get involved if they sound cool enough. Sometimes people are going to tear you down. Just be aware that like, sometimes when you talk about this stuff, people get freaked out. I, I was at my parents' house, I want to say five years ago because my dad was still alive, and they were sitting out by their pool in their backyard and this lady I hadn't seen for a long time that was a friend of the family asked me what I was up to and I started listing stuff off and she became overwhelmed. And like she pulled my mom to the side afterwards and said, is Scott really doing all that stuff? And my mom said, yeah. She said, it just doesn't sound real. So sometimes people in your life, unless they know you, they're not going to believe that you have the capability of doing it. You can ask somebody for more. And let me explain this. Like let's say you work for a company and your goal is to sell a million dollars in sales. And so you went to them and said, what would you be willing to do for me if I hit 1.2 million in sales? And then you need to explain that gap and what it means for them and what a bonus would mean for you. 
an extra 200k for a lot of businesses is an, an unexpected thing. Like especially if it if it pushes them over their goal for that department, for that service, for that industry, for that company. You just have to know that if you increase that number, that next year is your new goal. So like you can't go backwards and say, well, I hit 1.2 million last year. They're gonna be like, yeah, this year you're gonna hit 1.4 or 1.35. Like you're gonna you're gonna have to ratchet up your goals every time, which may not be a bad thing. It could be what you need in order for you to get excited. So here's where I'm going to differ from a lot of different people that talk about goals. And once again, this works for me. You need to find your own path. You can pick and choose what I just shared everything with you. I have accountability partners that I check in with and that I talk through and we pull holes in, in each other's goals and not in an aggressive manner, not like in a jerk manner. It's more of like questions like, have you considered? Have you thought about? Could you pivot this? And I'm going to tell you, sometimes these meetings are hard because when it comes down to it and you take a look and you're like, okay, um, somebody's holding me accountable. And I don't necessarily like that somebody's holding me accountable, but it's a good feeling to have somebody hold me. It's like a conundrum, okay? And I'm, I'm telling you what I go through in my own head. I'm not saying that this is exactly what you're going to feel or what you're going to go through. It's what I go through. What I've, th- what I've learned that's pretty cool from marketers is everything's a test, Let's test it out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But what data did I get from it and how can I use that data for good for me? Okay. With this being said, knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is power. And to learn, to have learned knowledge is wisdom. So knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is more power, but learned knowledge is wisdom. And that's an important thing. You may want to end the month, the quarter, or the year with a review. And you might want to have a conversation with somebody. Like if you're a solopreneur and you work by yourself, sometimes it's it's hard for the fact that you're like, I have to hold myself accountable. So this is why uh, coaches and mentors and masterminds work because then it's a form of somebody else can hold me accountable too, okay? There are, there's going to be goals that you miss and it may bum you out, but you look for what you've achieved. You look for what you got. You look for how it improved your life. It looked You look for the ways that it made you better at what you did. So, like, I, I, I fell short on a couple of goals that I, I said I was going to achieve this last year. But here's the thing. They gave me better skills, talents, capabilities, knowledge, and know-how. And I have that list. And now I get to apply it this year. And now I got more fire in my belly to make it happen. What do you need to, to do for the goals, for the skills, the talents, and the knowledge that you, you didn't have? Like, part of it was I just got burned out. I'm going to 100% admit to you, I got burned out. I, I probably could have done more, but I just, I lost flow. I lost energy. There were some things that were going on in my life. Not making excuses. I'm just, I'm pointing it out. I have this problem too. It's not just you. It's me as well. I have this belief, and I believe that episode number 200 that I recorded yesterday is celebrate all wins. Celebrate all wins. What did you win? It's not, it's not just always money. Did you find new friends? Did you get a new skill? Did you get a new talent? Celebrate that you've won something. You know, I look for these areas so that I can recalibrate my goals and that I can do better. And I look at every chance that when I fall down, I can get up and I can fight again. You know, I remember when I was a Boy Scout, we were camping in um, in the mountains between Sacramento and Tahoe. And Blue Canyon is one of the coldest places on uh, in North America consistently. And so uh, we went snow camping, and it was like during winter break. And we camped by the school, and we didn't use tents. What we did was we buried, we burrowed, (laughs) we burrowed into the snow. 
And so, you know, you burrow into the snow, you take candles, you light candles, you put the candle in, in the little tunnel that you make, and it kind of solidifies and turns it into ice. Well, that night, it got to like negative 20 below. It was freezing. Like, I hate being cold. This is one of the reasons I hate being cold. But there was this competition to climb the snowbank in front of where we camped. And uh, I started climbing this bank, and everybody started making fun of me. And everybody started saying stuff like, oh, if you fall, you're going to bleed jello or jelly. If you know, you'll, you'll never make it. And this was a steep incline. And I, I want to say it was like two or 300 yards up the side of a mountain. And at the top was a bunch of railroad. It's where the trains cross the, the top of the, the mountain. And there was about 10 of us that started off. And I started at the back of the pack. And then as it got harder, progressively, I started gaining on, on the people that were in front of me. And then there was a point where there was about three of us left. And we're all looking at each other like, who's going to get to the top first? So it was me against two guys. And one of the guys fell and tumbled down. He says, I'm not going to try it again. It's too steep. And then it became me against one other person. It was one of my biggest critics. This guy was just talking mad trash. You're not going to make it. And then I noticed he started huffing and puffing. And he started fizzling out. And he started struggling. And he just, he lost energy and just fell back. And we were probably 30 feet from the top of this this ridge to get up the, the mountain. And he just looked at it and said, it's yours. And I just, I decided I'm making this decision. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to climb all the way to the top. And it was funny. When I got to the top, all the people who were calling me names and making fun of me and causing problems for me were the first people that were cheering me on. And, you know, my dad was down there screaming and yelling. My dad was always a, a good person to to cheer me on but you know i get down to the bottom after hanging out there because i was tired (laughs) i get down to the bottom down to the ravine where everybody's camping and my dad pulled me aside and goes you know what that's how you treat everything in life you you can have people around you you're going to have critics you're going to have people who are naysayers but you keep going you keep building you keep you keep driving to the top and he says "If, if you can learn this lesson from life being as young as you are You'll always find success because this is this is what life is. You're always climbing a bank. There's always competition. There's always people making fun of you. There's always people telling you you can't do it. And the the longer the journey, the more people they're going to drop out. And at some point, you're standing there looking by yourself. The reason I tell you this story is, look, we may have never met before in life. We may never meet. We may only cross our paths on social media. I believe in you. Keep going. You got this. Go through and work your goals and do what needs to be done. Just remember, you need framework and you need a strategy to meet consistency. You need to have something in place that's going to tell you, hey, here's what I'm going to do. So it starts with you writing down your goals and putting a deadline to them and tracking them and figuring out what you want to do. I can't tell you what path you're going to take. I can't tell you what to do. I've given you a lot of framework. I've given you a lot of capability. But consistency in sales starts with set, set, set expectations and tracking. And remember, plenty of your competition is going to quit. Right now, you're listening to a podcast episode. Your competition is playing video games, hanging out at the bar, watching movies with friends, doing knucklehead stuff. It's really easy to get past them. And if you follow the 80-20 rule of sales, 80% of the salespeople out there are not your competition. It's the top 20% who are consistently moving. Keep going. You got this. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. 
You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.